Hello and welcome to episode 38 of the Supertop Podcast. I'm Podrick, recording in Vancouver. And I'm Oshin, also recording in Vancouver. Oh, are you in Vancouver now? Yeah, that's apparently what happened. Yeah, I arrived a couple of weeks ago. And yeah, we've been working on some stuff, announcing some stuff, and let's talk about the stuff. Okay, so we sold Castro. We sold it. A majority stake, at least. Yeah, uh, Oshin and I are still shareholders and... And employees. This is my first time with like a salaried employee job in 13 years. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I had a job after college for like six months working in an animation studio. And I don't think it paid very well. But I mean, that's the last time I had an actual job job with uh, salary. So yeah, we're going to continue to work on the app full time. And hopefully with less of the businessy marketing stuff to worry about and more of the design development stuff to worry about. Yeah, we, I mean, we've talked about that a bunch on past episodes, like just the different ways in which the work was kind of wearing us down or how we felt like we weren't having enough opportunity to be focusing on the stuff that we really wanted. So, yeah, that's, I mean, we'll get into more of, about the reasons for this like later on. But, yeah, that's definitely a big part of our motivation by, uh, behind this change. But uh, maybe first of all, will we get into how this went down? Let's talk timelines here. We should probably mention who bought Castro. The name of the company is Tiny. Tiny.website is their website. It was founded by Andrew Wilkinson and Chris Sparling. Andrew founded MetaLab previously, which is like a huge design agency here. And they're in Victoria, BC, which is really close to where I am here in Vancouver. They own a majority of Dribble as well and a bunch of other companies. Have a look at their website if you're curious. And yeah, they've owned Dribble since uh, 2015, was it? I can't remember. Um, yeah, two or three years, anyhow. Maybe 16. Yeah, they seem like good people. And I remember thinking that they were like definitely like an interesting company. And yeah, the fact that they owned Dribble and like that, I don't know, that Dribble was, was still seems to be like held like in so, in so much respect, like in the design community. Um, yeah, they seem like cool guys. Yeah, I was, I mean, we'll talk more about the announcement posts later on in the show, but I was nervous about announcing the sale of Castro because so many acquisitions, like just to be real here for a second, do lead to the products being messed up in some way. Or discontinued altogether. Like sometimes that's not even the intention at all. Like Right, that they just want to hire a team and yeah, they don't exactly. care about the product. Yeah, totally. So when I saw that Dribble were on that list and I've been aware of the existence of Dribble for a long time and I'm not sure if I knew that Tiny owned them, but I think certainly the acquisition didn't mess up that company. So that, that gave me the confidence that this could work for us too. Yeah, for sure. Maybe to an unreasonable degree, but the fact that they owned Dribble was like really central, I think, to me trusting them and like and having good feelings about pursuing this idea. Yeah, totally. Because we've been down this road before with other people who've talked to us. And yeah, it was very different this time. And I think that was a lot of the reason why we, we were able to make this happen in the end. Very different and very fast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so let me just take you through the timeline of how it went down. Because, I, I think because I'm here in Vancouver and you were uh, you were still in Slovenia. Slovenia, yep. I ended up, like I was in the time zone, I was able to fly over and see them. So I ended up doing most of the negotiating and emailing and stuff. Obviously me and you were talking the whole way through, but... um. Yeah, so around the start of September, September 2nd, Andrew DM'd me out of nowhere. I hadn't talked to him before. He said, hey, dude, I'm a huge fan of Castro. Have you guys ever thought about selling or finding a partner to help grow? 
And that was the start of it. And that's only September. We're recording this now at the end of November. I don't know how many deals get done this quickly, but but anyway, so a few weeks later, after we'd sent some emails back and forth and figured some stuff out, I, f- I flew on a float plane to Victoria, which is a really nice, beautiful journey. <laughs> There's like a lot of islands. You fly quite low. Looks pretty nice. Puts you in the right mood to be optimistic about the future. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, true to their word on their website, two days after that meeting, they sent us an offer. On the website, they it's, it's mostly pitched at uh, founders of companies uh, and they... They're, a big part of their pitch is that they will make a decision within 30 days and make you an offer quickly. So they sent us the offer. And actually, because we had talked to some other people in the past, we'd already talked through what it would mean to sell the company, a rough idea of how we valued it, um, which is like a really hard thing to come up with, to think about all the time you put into something and the potential it has, but then also think about what the cold hard value of it is to somebody buying it and tried to come to some compromise between those two things. But I think because we'd done it before, we it was a quick enough process for us to like, we got an offer and we were very quickly able to tell if it was within ranges that would make sense for us because we already kind of knew where those lines were. So yeah, I think we were able to move, because of that, we were able to move quickly when the offer came in. So we negotiated a little um, and then I think we had accepted a deal like within 24 hours, pretty much, of the offer. So we're probably not the world's toughest negotiators, but but I was, I'm was i very happy with everything in the deal so far. So Yeah, they made an offer. We asked for a little bit more. They said, we'll go halfway to that. And we were like, okay, that's it. That was by <laughs> the end of September. The month wasn't even over yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was within a month. And then there's a lot of the actual legal work then had to, happen in earnest. Um, so there was some negotiating on contracts. Yeah, those are all details, basically. Nothing nothing significant changed after the 27th, really. Yeah, it was just kind of getting it all, getting it all on paper, getting things signed, sending around electronic signatures. I can't remember what day we finally, the final contracts were signed sometime in, it only took a couple of weeks, right? It was maybe sometime in the middle of October or something. Yeah, I think it was October. I felt because they had been true to their word and done their side quickly i felt very motivated to for us to go quickly too so yeah i got my lawyer to look at our side of the contracts uh, urgently so that that would so that we wouldn't be holding things up since they'd been so good and then we announced it on tuesday this week uh today's today's friday uh so we announced it on the 27th yeah it was funny actually like every time i've read one of these announcements in the past i've always imagined it as like like the ink hasn't even dried on the contract they've signed. The e-ink has not even dried on the e-contract. Um, and they've just posted this blog post telling everyone that it's happened. But like in reality, weeks go by while you figure out the details of what you're going to say and whether everything's definitely going to work out. So yeah, it was kind of funny to be announcing it then after, yeah, I mean, we've both been employees for a few weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, because I mean, one thing that we did talk about, like our wonder about was like, okay, like what exactly like how should we like, what should we be announcing? Um, as in like, 
if we announced it like f- at the first second, it just feels like it'd be like, oh yeah, we're so excited. Hey, look, we just got some money. Hey, look, I'm so happy. <laughs> uh, whereas th- then, but we wanted to like have something a bit more substantive to talk about, or at least like let the dust settle on some of that stuff and and like figure out what is the best way to let people know about this, even just get a better sense ourselves of like exactly how things are going. And we had talked about the idea of maybe we should wait, hold an announcement until we're actually launching a, a particular feature that could only have taken place like with this with this new structure with support of tiny um to be kind of like okay yeah this feature x would not have been possible without tiny and oh yeah and also by the way tiny now own a majority stake of castro but i think yeah i mean so we have been in planning sessions and we've been figuring out like what are the next things we're going to do on the app and stuff like that but the idea of waiting for some of this stuff to be done before telling everybody just started seeming like that was just going to take, that was just going to be like holding too long, I think. And yeah, I think we felt like we kind of wanted to just get the news out there in the end, let people know what the story was. Yeah, it just kind of felt awkward to have this secret, basically. Like we were talking to people about working with us on things and suddenly we thought we might have a budget, but I didn't feel like I could say, oh, by the way, We've sold our company to Tiny. Don't tell anyone. That's why we can. That's why we can afford to hire you now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just it just got kind of awkward in one way, and then also I didn't want to get three months or six months down the road before we're like, oh yeah, by the way, we've been working for another company the whole time because people, yeah, as indies, we've had a lot of goodwill from people like uh, Mark Edwards has helped design some of our icons just to help us out. Like other people in the industry, Marco and Russell talk to us and we share share information with them about like iOS bugs and industry stuff. And yeah, I didn't want to mislead any of them or like abuse any of those relationships on the basis that now like I'm not, we're not necessarily the ones determining the strategy anymore. So we're not fully in control of, of the outcomes of all this stuff. So yeah, in, in the end, as you said, it it would have been nice to announce it with like, here's the new thing we're doing. We could only have done it with Tiny and like the whole picture makes sense now. But in reality, I think we just needed to get this fact out there so that we could move on. Yeah, one thing that we definitely didn't want the announcement post to be is like one of these prototypical we've been on a great journey posts that you see often around times of acquisitions. I mean, I definitely know that some of that language came into my head like as we were like doing drafts and stuff. And But I realized that like, I'm kind of like recycling stuff that I've just read like in other places before and I guess making it more about me or about us as as the founders rather than like about what this means for for the customers and the users of the app. Yeah, like me and you have maybe been on a journey, but like our users just downloaded an app just have and an app, use it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they don't necessarily care. And also I think some of the excitement from founders, if, if their goal from the start was to like build something and sell it and now they've achieved it, some of the excitement, that excitement that they personally feel boils over into the post, which isn't what the what users need to know about. They're, if anything, they're concerned. They might be, as a secondary thing, they might be happy for you, but if they're worried that the service is going to go away and you're just like, hey, guys, it's so great. I have so much money now. <laughs> I just think there's a mismatch there between the emotions of the founder and what what that blog post should actually be doing. So I'm glad that we let the dust settle and got over the excitement and were able to try to do a more genuine post. Yeah. And so, I mean, the start, I mean, the opening, the whole start of the post is basically to introduce Tiny um, and to go through like some of the reasons for like why 
not just oh yeah we're so excited but like here's like some like five hard reasons like this is like definitively like why we feel good about this deal why we think that this is good for the future of castro we don't need to go into all of them but like one thing that i was thinking of there in particular is like the fact that like tiny have no interest in like micromanaging our like day-to-day work on the app um like is huge like they basically want, I mean, yeah, they're going to be involved in, like, they're going to give us resources and they're going to be involved in some of, like, the higher higher level, like, strategy and vision of, of the product and of its marketing and stuff like that. But, like, when it comes to, like, developing and designing the app, I mean, it's us and anybody else who we want to surround ourselves with, like, to help us, like, reach what we want to do with the app. So, I mean, that's a big thing, I think. Yeah, totally. I remember when, when I was with Andrew and Chris in Victoria, making it clear that like Oshin travels around Europe. Um, he goes to different places and he, any deal where he has to come and work in an office every day probably isn't going to work out. And initially I thought like, okay, I have to get that across right now so that I can like be part of the deal. And they were just, I felt like I was boring them with details when it was so like so obvious that they didn't care about that stuff (laughs) that like just keep doing good work and like we really we're not going to make you wear a gray suit and come into a cubicle in your off in our office or anything (laughs) um so it was nice to bring some of those things up and just have the answer kind of be like obviously yeah just the last thing on the posts we knew as well that like people would have concerns and we couldn't address all of them and that they're reasonable concerns and it's fair enough to have them so we gave our emails and invited people to contact us directly with that stuff. And I think almost all the emails were really positive. So it was really nice. That was a nice way to make sure that we got like nice emails. <laughs> it's <what> we didn't <laughs> realize that. I don't think I realized that that's what we were doing, but that was the end result was basically, yeah, as well as the tweets and all the other stuff coming in, a surprising number of of emails from people congratulating us and um, and and saying that they felt good about like the, the future of Castro and stuff like that. So that was pretty good. Yeah, that's what it turned out to be. But the intention was to give people a venue to, yeah, if you had a a genuine concern that you wanted us to answer, then you could email us and we could give you a direct answer ourselves without any of the awkwardness of our performance of social media necessarily. But yeah, the reaction has been overwhelmingly positive. I'm really happy with how it's gone and I'm really flattered at how many people congratulated us and wished us the best. One question that did come up, which we hadn't um, addressed in the initial blog posts, and was a, a tweet from David Harrison who asked, I'll just read it out, can you provide details on subscription statuses and on privacy issues related to the transfer of ownership, which is a fair question. And uh, yeah, we'll, I guess we can just get into it a little bit here. And I'm not sure if we want to make, we can like post some tweets about it as well later as well. So number one, I guess, relating to subscriptions, I mean, the subscription just keeps working as it is now. Oh, that reminds me, somebody else as well got angry because they thought that the way that we had mentioned Castro 4 meant that somehow that we were going charging again for Castro 4. Like none of this stuff, it's, it's Castro Plus is the subscription. Everybody's subscription is still valid. When an update comes out for, that's called Castro 4 or Castro whatever, I mean, it's just, it's the, the subscription stays there. We're not, it's not that the new owners are now like, need to find a new way to inject to get money out of everybody who's already using the app it's like the business model stays as it is now yeah we're going to transfer our app store accounts to them basically so the it won't be like a new app to download or anything like that everything stays exactly the same actually as an aside that the guy who thought that uh castro our mention of castro 4 meant that it was going to be a paid upgrade 
that makes me even more keen to like just drop the notion of version numbers at all. Yeah. Yeah. So like we've talked about that a few times before. It is nice to be able to show like a milestone that like, yeah, Castro 4 is coming. That immediately inspires, okay, cool, big changes. I'm excited. And we'll have to come up with a different way to do that. But but yeah, it also apparently means to some people that um, it's going to be paid. So <laughs> yeah, or that just, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I guess there has been, like, I mean, between us and Overcast, and I guess, I guess, particularly Castro and Overcast. I mean, have been through various different business models, and we introduced a new SKU at one stage and stuff like that. So I guess maybe people just get nervous anytime they hear of a new, a big, major new version of of a podcast app. That this must mean there's a fundamental new business model, and or else I'm going to have to pay again or something like that. So yeah, yeah. Part of the reason for having the subscription as well was to hopefully not have to like focus so much on like, okay, Castro 4 being this big, huge new thing. And then Castro 5 that like, ideally, like we can like focus on features and release features as they're, as they're ready. So, I mean, we'll see how this goes. Like, I mean, some of the stuff that we've been talking about is like kind of more fundamental to the overall design of the app. So yeah, I'm not sure how incrementally that stuff is going to be released. Yeah, even from a development point of view, it's the concept of not breaking the build, like that we always keep something working that can be, even if it's just in test flight, that like we have a functional app and we don't make changes that are so big that the whole app is broken for months at a time. Yeah, and we don't start writing it again from scratch like we did with Castro 2. I think that the best way to maintain that is to just be like doing coherent pieces together and releasing them every four or six weeks or so. Yeah, so the other point was privacy issues related to the transfer of ownership. Uh, We recently added Amplitude to Castro, which is something we were doing anyway so that we could understand user behavior in the app uh, and be able to understand which features people use. Uh, We added that to the privacy policy. So that's the place to look. If anything changes on this front, it'll be reflected there. Um, I don't foresee any changes to it at the moment. We don't really have any user data we don't have any identifiable stuff anyway. Like the new company obviously owns our database, but we just, when you install Castro, there's no login or Facebook connection or Twitter connection. It creates an account by making up a random number and then that's your account. So we don't know that's you. There's no usernames in there. There's no email addresses, um, just lists of subscriptions, I guess. So yeah, and I mean, we have our own personal opinions about how that stuff should be respected and we'll obviously... If if it ever came up, we'd obviously be fighting for the, the right thing to happen. But to be honest, I think we're all pretty aligned on this stuff at the moment, so I, I don't see any problems on it. But it's a good question and pretty relevant in these days, unfortunately. Yeah. We'll put a link to the privacy policy in the show notes, um, and it's it's also accessible for, uh, through the in, on the settings screen in Castro. Yeah. So there's one other bit of feedback I got from uh, Jesse James Hurlitz, on Twitter. It wasn't really feedback. It's just that he pointed to a tweet from... Oh, he's filled in the backstory even more. Yeah. <laughs> so one thing I didn't know, I hadn't, haven't had a chance to ask Andrew how he found Castro, but Jesse sent me this tweet that Andrew had posted in late July saying, uh, there are way too many good podcasts to listen to right now. Somebody needs to better to build a better Q algorithmic ranking based on likes. Uh, anyone aware of apps doing this? I'm currently using Apple Podcasts, previously casts. And then Jesse replied, recommending Castro. And that is, I think, how Andrew became aware of Castro. So so this was at the end of July. Then he had August to completely fall in love with the app and uh, contact us and 
in at the start of September. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's a funny, an extra, as you said. Yeah, more of the backstory. Yeah. So that was that's the response. I think so far, anyway. If we get more, we can we can address it in a further a future episode, I guess. Yeah, we may as well actually mention our email addresses as well. Since we did it on the blog post, we may as well say here say it here as well. So if you do have any like more feedback or thoughts, uh, feel free to email either of us or both of us. That's Oshin at Castro.fm and Podrick at Castro.fm. We have purposely complicated names so that no one will actually email us, but Oh yeah. <laughs> oh I'm not gonna spell it. Just have a guess. <laughs> um, we'll we'll put them in the show notes too. Okay. So that's how it went down, but um I guess and we've touched on it a little bit, but let's, I mean, may, maybe more explicitly, why did, like, why did we sell Castro? Yeah, I mean, I think that's, that is a big question. Like for the last few months, we've been, we changed to a subscription model. Uh, things were going better. Uh, the, it looked like, yeah, I mean, it looked like the revenue was going to catch up with where it needed to be. Uh, it was still going to take a while, but like we weren't about to go out of business and had to sell, I guess. Uh so, yeah, I think it's the question of, like, why did we do it when we didn't have to, I think is an, an interesting one. Yeah, I'll just read out what we said at the blog post, I guess, as a, as a jumping off point, and then, we can, and then we can keep going from there. Castro has reached a size where demands of running the business have been pulling us in too many different directions. We haven't been able to focus as much on the core work of designing and building a product. Yeah, and that is the core point. I think that we've definitely talked about that plenty of times on the podcast before of yeah different parts of the business stretching us to um in some ways it's been good to like have to learn new things and have variety but uh, at a certain point when you've gone days without opening xcode and just answering emails and stuff it does feel like you've drifted a bit further than you ever meant to <laughs> i mean there are some other things that we did put in the post that are relevant too we not excluded for any particular reason, except that we wanted to keep us uh, relatively concise. And one thing that's been just annoying for years, and part of this has just been our perspective rather than the reality of the situation, but I think we've been very under-resourced. Like my favorite example of this now is like we added CarPlay support in, I think, 2016, and we didn't buy a CarPlay head unit, like a physical radio thing, until this year. And that was all to save about like five or $600. Yeah. We did all this. We tried to use the simulator for CarPlay doesn't give you enough to let you really test all the bugs. So you, if you're going to do CarPlay, you basically need to buy that, that unit. But we, we didn't, and we would like try to we do a build send it to a friend get them to go out to their car try something out and then they give us some feedback so like the build run test loop was about four days long for bugs there <laughs> um and obviously you're you're really asking a lot of your friends to to keep doing that for you and that was all just to save a few hundred dollars like it's stupid and like i think we just made the wrong decision there we should have bought it up front but it's the perspective you have when you you're under resourced as you try to save money everywhere you can and it's not always clear uh, what the right decision is. Yeah, and also like WWDC. Like, I mean, I haven't, I haven't gone to California for that in a couple of years. You didn't go last year either. I mean, it's such a wonderful opportunity when you do go there. Even though I haven't, like, even if it's just to be in town and to like to network and meet people, but like also to be in in the, in the labs and being able to talk through your bugs, like with like the actual developers of the frameworks and stuff like that. It's like that's an amazing opportunity and something that's definitely worth the money. But 
we didn't have it. <laughs> yeah. So we didn't go. Because we launched Castro 3 at the end of May. And even though we got a lot of a lot of sales, obviously, from launching it, the money doesn't actually arrive till a month later. And you also needed to buy the ticket in April. So, so there was just no way to make it work this year. Because that bothered me so much, I actually had going to WWC is written into our contracts now. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to San Jose anyhow this June or next June. It's nice to know that's like secure and like it also almost feels embarrassing that I'm like that excited about just being able to do my job. <laughs> like a basic <laughs> thing to be able to continue to do this properly. And yeah, there've been other things with being under resource too, like just being able to pay to get help with support, which again we started doing lately but still had to limit the hours and but it's something that we put off for so long like yeah it just didn't years. seem like a feasible thing and actually even afterwards even after we started getting help and before this deal came through i think it was still a little bit up in the air as to whether we were going to be able to like continue to afford to have that help or if we were going to have to i mean the idea of it now i mean i'm so glad i uh, but I'm, i remember thinking that like oh maybe we're not going to be able to afford to keep paying for to help with this support and we're going to have to deal with all of it again ourselves. Um, yeah. And, well, I'm glad that's not, that's not something we need to worry about anymore. And remember that we moved to a free model now. So like we have a lot more email than we used to have. So yeah, we, we need some answer to that. I think it was, it was a st statistic that we tweeted about soon after the launch of Castro 3, where it was like Castro has been downloaded more times in the last three days than in, than in Castro 2 was in its first two years. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, big influx of, of support there that kind of just ended up wearing us down. Yeah. Yeah. So so that these are all the factors that led into this, uh, I guess, to prepare us for, to accept an offer. One thing, to, one thing that I think I would emphasize even though is that like, yeah, I mean, despite this, and I mean, I guess just in terms of us like leaving stuff on the long finger, putting stuff off or like, like being under-resourced in, in various different ways. We still were at a point though, where we were just figuring out like, okay, how we like, let's keep growing. Let's like, we need to move past this. Like, um, like it'll, we'll get there eventually. But so we like, it's not that that stuff had worn us down to the point where we were like, okay, yeah, no, we need to like sell the whole thing or give up everything. We were, it was just that this was kind of the reality of the situation that we were working in and working through. And then we, and then we got that DM from Andrew. And I mean, it's in this environment where I think like this stuff, then we started realizing like, these are reasons that actually make us feel positive about the idea of moving on this. But it's kind of like this thing, the opportunity basically fell in our lap and we realized it was actually what we wanted. <laughs> like it was funny talking before we decided that we were probably going to go ahead with it and we we're just talking about it. And then it occurred to me that like, this is stuff that people probably set out from the start to get to. And mm. like, th this is, this is the end goal for a lot of people to like, to sell their company and then be able to like check that box and put that little trophy on their shelf that they sold a company. But I I think for us it was more about like how to how what the future would be for the, for our work on this product. Yeah. Because like our goal it was never like that we set out with the intention of like okay build this up and then sell it. I think the fact that that's kind of Tiny's philosophy as well that they want to like keep growing profitable businesses rather than like they explicitly call out like saying like they're they're not trying to like just like pump up a a, a company for a year or two and then flip it like 
that's part of like what drew us towards them that like they do want to like build this into a profitable business and yeah it's kind of great to have somebody on board who has that as their vision and in a way that i feel like that they're more capable of doing that maybe than i am but that like our vision aligns but that they have like different areas of expertise or they can bring in people who have different areas of expertise to help us get there yeah that that was definitely a, a humbling thing to realize um around the time we were close to accepting the deal i remember thinking like oh maybe this is one of those moments where like the startup people have to just believe in themselves and say no and then they can look back and say oh we were offered this much 20 or like five years ago but now we've grown to like be facebook and we just had to believe in ourselves blah 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 and then i remember thinking like i'm not that founder like i don't know how to turn this business into one that's like a hundred times bigger and even if tomorrow even if like the day after they signed the deal they immediately sold it for 10 times as much and made most of the profit on that themselves i don't i reconciled myself that i wasn't even going to feel bad about that because I knew I couldn't be the one to do that deal. So I wasn't losing anything. Yeah, I mean, they were obviously never going to flip the company, but you, you try to think through every every eventuality. And that was just kind of humbling to realize, like, there are people who know how to do this stuff better than I do. And I can come along for the ride now rather than having to bluff or, like, grow my way into being able to do that stuff. Yeah. I mean, I think our ambition was always just based around, okay, how do we make this be... Uh, something that's going to like sustain two incomes and like that we can both make a decent living off it and that that's kind of it like i think like if we had got to the point where it's just like each of us is making very comfortable salary i don't think at that point that we would have been like okay yeah now we need to like expand or now we need to like bring in somebody else um we always had this vision of it as just being the two of us but there's something refreshing now about okay having that having part of that lift that worry be lifted like that my concern is no longer like okay how do we get it to a point where i have a comfortable salary because i have a comfortable salary now and my vision for the company can be bigger because i recognize that there's other people around me who are who are able to take it in that direction and that it's not all on my shoulders like if we want to hire somebody it's not that it's completely on us to do it or like for us to handle the stress of it or to handle like the burden of all that that like we're surrounded by other people now who will be able to like take on responsibilities that are the things that we didn't want to have to worry about. Um, and I realized that that's started making me feel like a bit more ambitious in my own goals in terms of like, yeah, I like, I do want to be part of something that's bigger than just the two of us now. Whereas I didn't even, I don't think I dreamt in that direction before. So that's kind of been nice to kind of just see and feel that difference recently. Like we no longer dismiss every idea that we're not already experts in, or even yeah. For for example, if we decided let's do an Android app, we haven't decided that. Um, if we <laughs> did, <laughs> if we did, I think Supertop before would have been like, okay, cool. Uh, I will spend the next six months learning Android. I'll release one dumb app so that I can experiment and understand the marketplace without like making any huge mistakes in a. Uh, in a damaging way to Castro. And then maybe within a year or two years, uh, we can release Castro on Android. Hmm. And like, that's, if you need an Android app, that's a stupid way to do it. If you have resources, <laughs> we just like, now we would hire someone who knows how to do good Android apps and they, and work with them. And then we'd have one and 
yeah. So just that perspective or the mentality that we have to do everything ourselves. So like sometimes you do want to develop more competencies, but when that's your only tool, like the only thing you can do is to do it yourself. Um, I, th- I think you end up moving very slowly. So yeah, it's, it's definitely nice to not, not just throw away any of those ideas and then be like, okay, well, we're not doing Android because it'll take us two and a half years. Now we can just not do Android because we don't want to. <laughs> yeah, it's great to have so many new ways to not do Android. <laughs> um, no, but to get back to your point, the, the scale of our ambitions can be a lot different now. And I think after five years of us working with our unlimited resources and having like the small successes we had along the way, I had definitely uh, honed in the maximum, like how much I would allow myself to dream this could ever go, <laughs> like how well I could ever hope for it to to go was was much smaller than the actual opportunity to do something so yeah it's exciting to have permission to be more ambitious now yeah and i mean in terms of like encouragement and like how positive we feel about like where we can get this like like how how popular it can be how successful it can be um like i know at times over the years i've thought that like oh, i'm so glad that i have Podrick there that like that it's not just me because like if I go through a period where I'm not feeling like on top of the world about things you're there and you I mean usually it it tended to happen in a way where one of us may be feeling a bit down about something and the other one was there to kind of help bring them back um or like so now that we had like we had each other for years like to do that and now I feel like the encouragement or like feeling like because like of Andrew and, and Chris like coming in, um, investing money into this thing, having like knowing that they believe that it can be like much bigger than it is. Like that's so encouraging. That makes me believe it even more. Um, like similar to in ways that like that you would have helped me at times when I was having like feeling doubtful about things in the past. Um, so I, yeah, I think that encouragement that like these guys believe in this product and they believe that and they show that belief uh, with by with their wallets and by investing in and like showing us that they they believe in us as a team they believe in the product and its potential uh, to be much bigger um and yeah it's nice to i mean the money is nice but also <laughs> the encouragement is is even nicer <laughs> yeah no it's yeah that definitely makes me optimistic too Another nice thing is that we're both working in the same place. Even though I campaigned to have you be allowed not do that, <laughs> we've you're here, right? I'm here, and yeah, I mean that's so. This is kind of a decision that happened independently of this, but it is something that I feel good about. I mean, so yeah, I'm here. I have my I'm a, my Canadian work visa for a couple of years. Um, I'm going to be here until Christmas, and I'll go home for Christmas. But I'm going to come back in January um, without an end date in mind. Um, so, I mean, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> but for me, at least, I mean, I mean, this doesn't sound like it should be such, I, mean, I don't know, I'm just being apologetic about myself now. But like, yeah, for me, I think like to arrive somewhere and not already have a, a like a, like a deadline in my head for like when I'm going to leave. I mean, that's actually kind of a new experience for me based on the last four years. So I feel good about that. And I feel excited to be here. Did you move here more full time to give this like your full attention? Or was that part of it? Or basically, yeah. I mean, I know like we've worked in different time zones for years and sometimes even more awkward ones, but 
this year, I mean, I, I think maybe because I spent three months here earlier on in the year and then left and I was in, I was in Ireland for two months and I was in Slovenia for four months. And in that six months, I think the time difference from here to Europe just started feeling like longer and longer and like more and more difficult to like, to be productive in and to get stuff done in. Yeah, I guess like we were reaching periods where like there was lots of discussions needed to happen, lots of planning needed to happen. And that it was getting so difficult to do that, like when there's nine hours time difference in between us. So it's starting to feel like to really give this like a shot, like to really like make the most out of like what this opportunity with with Tiny uh, gives us that it just feel like I should be here working in the same room, not with that distance between us. Yeah, it's cool. It's well, I definitely noticed during uh, Castro 3 development, the the months at the start of this year when we were working on that were some of the most productive ones we've ever had. And you were here for that too. So, and as we, I think we're uh, like, we're not going to talk too much about Castro 4 now, but as we do big design stuff, it's always much nicer to be in the same place because we're just like, we're not, we're barely using our computers. We're just talking and talking and talking and occasionally sketching stuff. So yeah, it's nice to just do that in person. Yeah, no, there's been so many times over the last uh, week or two when I've just been thinking like, like the type of work that we were doing on any particular day and I was remembering the time difference like from just like a month ago or whatever and just thinking how on earth we could not have done this or I would be losing my mind right now if we were doing this and I was still in Slovenia and like mm. Podrick's day started at like 7pm and yeah, I don't know, it would it, it would have been pretty impossible I think to to like make some of the decisions and work on some of the designs that we have in the last few weeks uh, without me being here. Yeah, yeah. No, and yeah, I'm excited about what, what we're working on, but but yeah, it's not ready <laughs> to talk about yet. <laughs> <laughs> I even changed my Twitter bio. It says my location is Vancouver now. I haven't Whoa. had a I haven't had a location in there for four years either. <laughs> but that's it. We'll see how long it lasts. I'll probably leave in February. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you have an actual you have an actual work visa here too, right? And that's good for two years? That's good for two years, yeah. Um, cool. But, I mean, we'll see. Yeah, well, I hope you'll actually be here for a summer sometime. I have a job, too. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, so one thing that's different now is we have salaries, and salaries are really nice. <laughs> I, yeah, it's I'd forgotten. Mad, huh? Imagine the same amount of money showing up in my bank account twice a month. Yeah, it just this happens. This is such a weird world that we live in. <laughs> like sometimes you have weeks where you get tons done and it's amazing and other times you have different weeks <laughs> i don't want to own up to not getting anything done anymore <laughs> um but yeah either way there's like a check in your banking hand that's crazy <laughs> i can see why people do this it makes a lot of sense to me now <laughs> uh yeah, it's okay. kind of it, it's kind of bizarre for like our income to not be like, I mean to to not be based on like oh what or like how recently did we have a launch or or for our own personal incomes to be not based around that I guess like I got yeah, so yeah. used to like my personal finances being like so wrapped up or like complete entirely essentially were like how is Castro doing. How is Oshin's financial situation and how is Castro doing in, on the App Store? Or how did Castro do on the App Store one month ago? Like, we're completely linked, like, entirely. Like, that was, like, the basis of of everything for years. So mm-hmm. to have, like, a little bit of distance from that now, have, like, a regular salary coming in, I don't know, it feel, I feel like it just gives me room to, like, 
think of Castro and think of the product like a little bit more clearly even like where when I'm not like, oh yeah, we need to get this update out like within a month because I'm not going to have like uh, a bank balance if if we don't like yeah. to be able to think like more bigger vision, longer term goals and stuff like that, which I don't know, I'm waffling a little bit, but I do feel like there's something there at least where there's something to be said for a little bit of a financial independence from the product that you're working on. Yeah, no, totally. Certainly, like deadlines we've had have often come down to that. And maybe that's just because we've been poor project managers and we should have had, like, we're still going to have deadlines. They just won't be based on, well, if you don't ship now, you're going to starve. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no, that's, it does change things a bit. And it means we can be much more, not that we will have plans that go 20 years in the future, but like we can have long-term strategies now where we're mm -hmm. building towards something instead of just like, how do we make sure that we get a payday in October, in like say next February, because that's when we're going to run out of money. Like we had the doom clock before we always had. A oh, the doom clock is gone. We smashed it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it was like a countdown to when we were going to have to go and do contract work or some other awful. I mean, I just, I joked about not eating. A minute ago and i feel kind of ridiculous about that because the reality was the worst thing that would happen is we'd have to go work for someone else but still it, it was uh still stressful <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that's i think we've covered every possible angle anyone could ever have on this yeah i think that's about it we tell them our email addresses again well what, one other thing i guess what the podcast is going to be from now on is going to be interesting to figure out uh oh, we're yeah. not I think after today, we're probably not going to talk much about the business side of things, Part not like out of a big secrecy thing, just out of a, that's not going to be our wheelhouse so much. Yeah. So we'll, we, I don't think I ever knew what I was talking about, but I won't even have, like, I, I really won't know what I'm talking about then. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe, yeah, we can get more into the product decisions and some design stuff. Um, I don't know, maybe we can just talk about coffee and beer and <laughs> products. Know. Sports. <laughs> yeah, we should get into a sports. I hear sports podcasts are popular. They are. And it's the Super Top podcast, not the Castro podcast. Yeah, that's which true. Which now is actually different. So yeah, we're still Super Top. Super Top is Patrick and me. <laughs> um, but Super Top is no longer the exclusive owner of Castro. But yeah, we Super Top is still us. But I guess... I mean, in the blog post, we said we'll be quieter, but I guess we meant that in terms of like, we're not going to, Supertop's not going to have some other new app or something coming out because we're full-time employees on Castro. Um, but yeah, we'll keep the podcast going and yeah, we'll probably just talk about golf and cricket. Uh, we should give our email addresses though again. Oh yeah. Since you Machine mentioned Machine at Castro.fm. So that's O-I-S-I-N at Castro.fm. And I'm... Podrig at Castro.fm. That's P-A-D-R-A-I-G <laughs> at Castro.fm. Yeah, email me. I'm lonely. Okay, bye. Send us nice things. Ciao.